availability on Azure virtual machines. So when we create a virtual machine, usually we have a, this wrong conception that the virtual machine, because it's on Azure, is already on availability. So basically what happens is when you create a virtual machine with the next next finish, that virtual machine, if you don't set up any availability configuration, that virtual machine will be on the Hyper-V host. And that's it, nothing else. So of course that Microsoft will have a lot of those uh, ways to just control what's going on on the on the hypervisors on the on the layer that you don't manage but a lot of times we need to have availability and it's a good practice when we're talking about virtual machines to create some availability with these virtual machines so what i mean by that means that there is a difference between availability and disaster recovery we will get that on the video. What is the default that we can create on availability for the virtual machine? What is the difference between availability set, availability zones? How we, how, what is the impact of the Azure maintenance on my, on my VM? So understanding what is the VM reboots, because the VM will reboot no matter what. Uh, then planet failover that Azure may have, SLAs, and so on and so forth. So in this video, what I will go through is to what is availability sets, what is availability zones, how we can make our virtual machine available on Azure, and all that scenarios that is following the best practices. So first of all, let me introduce myself. My name is Marcos Nogueira and here at the Azure Centric is where I spread my passion regarding cloud technologies, tips and tricks, Microsoft certification and career advisor. As an Azure MVP, a lot of those content is free for you to, to see it through the channels, either through the YouTube channel or through the podcast. So to just keep going with all of this content, just give me a thumbs up. Uh, press the like button and uh, in this case subscribe to the channel if you are here from the podcast just just leave a comment below uh, or just shoot me an email or a tweet regarding this so let's jump into the video Azure virtual machines we know that Azure it's high availability okay but a lot of times there is a misconception that when we create a virtual machine and depending on the virtual machine that you're talking about, that we have everything, it's, it's, it's high availability. So it means that I build a VM and then Azure will take care of that. That is a wrong conception that I see a lot of on my training and a lot of my workshops. We need to build for disaster. We need to build for failures. And that is the concept that I like to always to bring to the table when we're talking about virtual machines. Not all virtual machines need availability, but when you're talking about production workloads, a web server, for example, or something like that, we need to uh, have availability. But there is a misconception between high availability and disaster recovery. Okay, so high availability means that 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 workload is high available. So if there is any type of failure 
or any type of uh, problem with that virtual machine, for example, that we're talking about, it will move automatically to the other one. Or if there is some kind of uh, prediction or uh, being proactive or maintenance that we need to do it, there is no error. What we're going to do is we're going to move that virtual machine to another host. In this case, in Azure, all the hypervisor that they are running is Hyper-V. So the, what they are doing is live migrate from one host to the other host. And that will not impact anything on the virtual machine. The virtual machine will be available, will be there, and we as a consumers will never see that. But sometimes we have some, some risks, right? And there are some downtimes on that virtual machine. There are some maintenance that Microsoft needs to do. Disaster recovery, by the other hand, as the words say, you need to have a disaster. So you need to have a, a catastrophic failure either on the rack, and then you can we can go on different levels of disaster recovery. Could be server, could be uh, the rack, could be data center, could be the region. This talking about disaster recovery in Azure. Exactly the same as we have on our data center, right? So we can have a host that's going completely gone and then is a power circuit, could be a networking, could be anything that takes an, an amount of time that for you and regarding your SLAs, that is the service level agreement that you need to address to. And this now goes to the part that it's why we need availability. Usually, depending on the VM that you are creating on Azure, you have an attached SLA, okay? So there are VMs that you don't have SLA, there are other VMs that you have a bigger SLA. In this case means that there is on the con contractual obligation by Microsoft to always have that VM available. Although there is as well what's called unplanned uh, maintenance, that is something went wrong and they are allowed to have X amount of time that they can be that workload down, okay? But we don't want to accomplish that. We want to, to build our solution around all of those failures. That's why it's important to understand, first of all, what is the Azure, man, Azure maintenance and understand the VM reboots, maintenance versus downtime. So to understand that, we, I'm going to cover three topics. One of them is unplanned hardware maintenance events. So as you can imagine, Azure is a highly automated environment. So Microsoft sometimes knows and a lot of times knows when the hardware is going to fail. They have these very high monitoring systems across all the, the layers that they have on the compute, on the storage and on network that we don't see, we don't manage. It's their layer of infrastructure that we they provide to us. And they know, and sometimes they do a lot when a hardware is going to fail. When that happens, what they usually do is they grab that VM and they live migrate to another host or to another rack or to another read or to another zone in this case, right? So nothing happens on that. They are being proactive. They, instead of having a downtime, the VM, what they are using is what's called live migration. So the VM doesn't stop. The VM is there, could be a little bit slower, okay? Then against the, the, the SLAs sometimes,
could be slower. I'm not saying that it's always slower, depending on what we are talking, the VM and everything else, and goes to a healthy, in this case, host, right? So that is unplanned hardware maintenance. Then you, we have is unexpected downtime. This is when that host, for example, could be a network, could be network failure, could be local disks, could be even on a rack level failure that the entire rack becomes down or becomes unavailable. Then, then you have a downtime on that VM. What they need is they need to bring that VM as fast as possible to another healthy host. But that is downtime. That counts towards to your SLA. Okay. But then what you have is another one that is already included on the SLA, that is the planned maintenance events. A lot of times, if you have your infrastructure uh, configured, you will receive all of these notifications. So saying that Microsoft will upgrade to a new version, for example, when server a new server comes, the, the Windows server comes and they need to update to the Hyper-V, they will live migrate that VM. They will do all of that things, right? On that rack specifically to update the firmware, to update anything. It's a planet, in this case, maintenance that they need to do it. Regarding that, what they are doing is moving VMs from one rack or one host to another host. Although when we create VMs, right? on Azure, we don't control where the VM is sitting, right? We cannot say that it's going to be on the rack A, B or C. It's totally transparent for us. That is up to Microsoft to manage. So that's where, for example, availability sets comes to place. On availability sets, what defines availability set is if I have a workload, for example, a web server, and I have five web servers that I want to, to, to place in Azure, what I'm going to do is to create a variability set. So a variability set means that I'm going to define between minimum of one domain, in this case, two domains, up to five domains. You can create up to 20, but usually it's what they call the fault domains. The fault domains is nothing more than easy for you to understand as the rack. So what I'm saying is on that availability set, I'm saying that every time I, I place a VM on that availability set, I'm not placing on the same host on the same rack. Okay. I'm spreading across different racks, for example, different fault domains. Okay. So what does that mean? It means that when I place the first VM, on that, on that availability set, it goes to the fault domain one. The second VM goes to the fault domain two. The third VM goes to the fault domain three, and so on and so forth until uh, I achieve the number of fault domains five, for example. When I place the sixth VM on that fault domain, it goes back to the fault domain one. So in this case, I have the first five spread across the five fault domains, then the six VM goes to back to the fault domain one, and then you can figure it out how we're going to, to do it, right? You can have up to 20 in this case on the same uh, availability set. So what does that mean? It means that 
when Microsoft do this planet maintenance on that rack, okay, I'm not saying that all of those VMs could be placed on the same way. Because if I'm deploying a VM without availability set, I might incur that that placement could be exactly the same for all the 20 VMs. I have no control on that. That is up to the algorithm of Microsoft of the placement of the VMs that will place that VM accordingly to the to the best um, host available for you in this case or for that workload, right? But I have no control. The way that I can control is using availability sets. Exactly on the same way that you have availability set, the availability set is on the same zone. So we know that we have regions, right, on Azure, and then we have zones. A zone is nothing more than a data center on a region. There are regions that I only have one zone. There are regions that I have up to three zones. So it means that I have a data center on each of these regions. Uh, if I have a three zone uh, region, means that I have a three data center within the same, with the distance, we did the same, in this case, latency. Usually, uh, as far as I know, last time I checked was under five milliseconds. That is the latency between a region. So that's where define a zone between the region. That's why we have regions like, for example, US-US and US-US-2, because those are the centers are far away from each other. So the latency, it's bigger than five milliseconds. Five sub five milliseconds, right? So moving on, let's go to talk about availability zones. So availability zone is the way that I can protect against data center, data center failures. So what does that mean? Means that if I create a availability zone for my workloads, okay, I'm basically saying that now I'm not dealing with racks, I'm, I'm dealing with zones. So means that I have up to three zones. So every time I'm placing a VM, I'm placing a VM on one zone, and then I can place the, the VM on the other zone, and then I can place the VM on the other zone. So then if there is a data center failure, I still have the two other zones with my VM running. So this is the way that we need to configure the availability. There is no cost associated with this, is just a matter of of, of deploying uh, those VMs and accordingly to our needs. So when we should use one to another? Before going to that, I just want to go on one of the things is to reduce the impact of down, downtime due to one or more of these events that we're talking about. There are a lot of things that we can do. The, the use of availability zones is good to avoid and to protect, in this case, from data center failures, okay? But there are regions that you don't have this available. For example, in South America, in Brazil, you don't have a availability zone available. So you can only use, in this case, availability sets. You can configure multi-virtual machines for availability set, in this case, for redundancy. You can use, you can have multiple, in this case, availability sets for your managed disks. So it's not only the VM, it's the managed disk as well that you can have availability sets, OK? 
Okay, you can use the schedule events to proactively respond to VMs in this case on impacting, and you can configure each application for for availability sets without any problem. Okay, of course that availability sets doesn't allow doesn't only solve your problem. You can combine load balancing, for example, with the availability sets and the availability zones. So when should we use availability zones and when should we use availability sets? Regarding availability zones, it's newer. So availability sets was the first availability that I had on Azure. So availability set is available on any region, any zone. But then the SLA attached to availability set it's 99.95, although the availability zone is four nines. So we're talking about with a different in with a different SLA against availability zones and availability sets, right? Availability zones allows me to just spread across data center. So I'm on the region, and if one data center becomes unavailable, I still have my workloads running on the availability sets, on, on the availability zones, on, on the different regions, oh, sorry, on the different zones, right? And that is the most important part regarding you need to understand. So when we should use it, one in detriment of the other one. So my recommendation in this case for, for using availability zones regarding availability sets it really depends on what you want to achieve. If you if you are on a region that you don't have availability zones, then there is nothing that you can do, uh, and then you should use availability sets. So, what is the best configuration for for availability sets in this case? It's in this. I always recommend you if you have one or more workloads to create availability sets. You can create a availability set and then assign that virtual machine on the availability set. So don't confuse availability sets with VM scale sets. They are different. They are not with the same intent. Availability sets is for your availability. Scale sets, in this case VM scale sets, is when you want to scale out and when you want to just add more load and you have rules to doing that. In this case, on the availability sets is the placement of that VM according to all of these uh, three uh, events that we're talking about. The end planet failover, the events of, of planet failover, and the hardware maintenance that sometimes happens as well on Azure. So usually, you, you creating a availability set and placing one VM it's no good. It's exactly the same as you having those VMs with without availability set. Although there are a lot of organizations that they are starting to create availability sets with that VM because if they need to add another web server, for example, they already have that availability set. You can create a availability set and then grow of domains. There is no problem with that. Although if you are creating a availability set, it's highly recommended that you create with up to five in this case, because then everything is configured and you can almost forget of, of that configuration. Next time you just create a virtual machine 
on the same type of workload, you are almost sure that they are not on the same fault domain. If that domain, if depending on the number of, of virtual machine that you're placing on that availability set. On the other hand, availability zones allow you to have a bigger, in this case, availability, because now we're talking about data centers. So we're talking about that you are placing that VM every time on that availability zone on a different data center, on a different zone. So you are more protected against data center failures. Okay. But although you cannot combine both because ideally it should be what we can do is create availability sets inside the availability zones. That as default is not possible. You have to choose either one, either availability sets or either availability zones. Okay. So when to choose it, if your zone, my recommendation is if your zone allows you to have availability zones, use it because then if you have a, a, a failure on data center, then you have the two other data centers that you can use it as for that workload. Although all of these should be used with load balancing. Why is that? Because imagine the following. If you have a load balancing and we have three VMs, three web servers on each one on each availability zone, right? If one, do, if one server, or in this case, one data center becomes unavailable, you still have two availability zones that they can host that load. Then automatically, what it, the load balancer does, it will identify that that zone is out of scope or it's out of commission, and it will send all the traffic to the availability zones that they are available, that they are up and running. And that the rest of those virtual machines that they are running, they will have no issue. Although if you have a failure and if you have only one virtual machine and creating an availability zone, if that server that is your VM that is running on that data center becomes unavailable, then you have a failure on that and will return to the other one. What we are doing regarding availability sets and availability zones, it's make sure that we are communicating as well to Microsoft. And that's something that is food for thought for you that we are communicating with Microsoft that we should, in this case, uh, uh, create all these availability because then Microsoft, when is updating on when is doing the plan failover or not the plan failover, sorry, the plan maintenance, you will see that you have availability set and will not update all the domains or all the zones at the same time to just doing this. Okay. Because you have configured that part. So they will do one zone, everything it becomes available, then they will do the other one and they starting to move from zone to zone when you have those servers, right? I hope that that clarifies um, all of the ways that you can deploy availability, availability on virtual machines. If you like this comment um, or if you like this content, not the comment, uh, leave a comment below um help us to just spread this message and i hope i can see you on the next video thank you so much